Welcome to the Fitbox Podcast. This is your host, Joseph Frankie. Glad you're here listening. On our podcast, we talk about two main things. First and foremost, we interview members of Fitbox so that way you can hear their stories about how they're repaying debt, how they're saving for retirement, buying homes, all this type of stuff really to give you motivation and some different ideas. That's the first thing we talk about. The second thing our podcast do is we take individual finance topics and go through them in more detail. So that way you can say, does this apply to me? And how does this apply to my plan? So if you have questions or you want to sign up for Fitbucks, you can do so in the show notes, fitbucks.com, build your profile, schedule a call. We'll be talking to you soon. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube there as well to this weekly update, it's the first one in a few weeks, actually. Uh, I've been traveling a lot, so I apologize for that, but we got a lot of good stuff to hit on today. Student loans, we're going to be talking about some stuff about forgiveness because I got some people asking me about that, um, as well as when the repayment pause is going to start up. There's some news on all that stuff. Um, mortgage is going to be the big one that we talk about today. We'll talk about that second. Um, some really interesting things came out over the last uh, probably about a week and a half there in terms of new options for lending and what your real estate agent can do and all this type of stuff. And then we'll end it uh, with some um, some investing news and whatnot. So let's jump into this as always before we get started. Um, if you're new to the podcast, uh, you know, be sure to subscribe. So that way it grows our base. Um, it puts us, you know, with all the algorithms and stuff, starts ranking the podcast higher and higher. It also helps you because you'll get some notifications when the pod comes, podcast gets that, uh, goes uh, published each week. Also, uh, if you're on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, like, the notification bell. Again, it helps us grow. It helps you get information. Everybody wins in that situation. So definitely appreciate that. Uh, student loans. Um one big news for those of you that are on public service loan forgiveness, um, they created a new tool. So those of you that are on PSLF, you know that every year you have to certify employment so that way they update how many you know months you have towards forgiveness. They have a new online tool. They actually had put that out last year. The, the new update on it, um, the big new update on it is that instead of having to get like a wet signature, like from your employer, you can actually email them a completed copy of that certification form now, and then your employer can actually uh, sign it electronically. So that's going to be a new thing to speed up the process so that way these things get processed faster and more reliable and whatnot. And that is a big deal. The other, I mean, this is more of a user experience update is that now if you don't have some of the information that you need, you can actually save the certification form before, like as you were filling it out on this new tool, if you had to stop halfway through it or whatever it is, it didn't save. So you have to restart the whole thing again. So that's all gone too. But that's the big news on PSLF is that they have the, the update on the certification tool. So that's, that's awesome. Um, now the, the big thing around student laws, I've been getting this a lot the last few days because uh, last week, a lot of these news outlets came out and they're like, woo, there's <clears throat> going to be a different way for Biden to forgive student loan debt. Um, those of you that don't know, obviously, this uh, student loans are going through the Supreme Court right now for President Biden's, you know, $10,000 and $20,000 loan forgiveness. And everybody thinks it's going to get struck down. Okay. 
Now, there was another lawsuit that he had forgave loans from schools that had committed, quote unquote, fraud with their students. He just blanket forgave a bunch of stuff. And the schools were like, well, wait a second. We didn't defraud anybody in this. So they're trying to fight it because they're saying it basically gives them bad publicity and whatnot. And so the Supreme Court went and said, well, no, we're not going to honor a stay on that, meaning they're not going to prevent that from happening. Basically, what the schools are trying to do, they were trying to go to the Supreme Court saying, well, you stop this so we have more time to litigate this, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, The Supreme Court said, no, we're not going to stop it. We're not going to slow it down. It he can do what he wants to because it's done through the D, uh, Department of Education on that. And so all these news outlets were like, whoa, this is a big news thing because this is the backdoor way. You know, if the Supreme Court strikes down the, this first loan forgiveness, Biden can do it this way. Okay. I have two comments on that. First and foremost, I'm not a lawyer, so this is my opinion on this. Uh, secondly, I'll tell you why I don't think that's the case. And secondly, I'm going to show you from a non-legal standpoint why I don't think that it's going to happen. First of all, from the what I read, it wasn't that the Supreme Court said Biden, yes, Biden can do this legally. What they said was that they were not going to put a stay on it, meaning they weren't going to stop it. And so that doesn't that to me, that's two different things saying, yes, that's illegal versus that's, you know, we're not going to honor the stay, like meaning the stop it. And I'll give you an example of this. With the $10,000 and $20,000 loan forgiveness that's going through the court system right now, there was a bunch of other um, lawsuits on that where people went to the Supreme Court and they said, look, where you put a stay on this, meaning stopping the ten dollars to $20,000 loan forgiveness because we believe X, Y, Z. And the courts, Supreme Court said, no, we're not going to put a stay on that. Did that stop Somebody from getting $10,000, $20,000 loan forgiveness stopped and going to the Supreme Court? No, it just means the Supreme Court said your argument for this stay in this law is not a good argument. We're not listening to it. We're not doing this. But that didn't stop it. Okay, so the same thing is here. Uh, it didn't say it was legal. It didn't give Biden the approval to go out and do this ten dollars to $20,000 loan forgiveness. So therefore, with all these people in the news last week saying, oh, well, this is another going to be another backdoor way that uh, Biden can do this. To me, it's wishful thinking. OK, they're just trying to find whatever straw they can grasp to give people some false hope. Now, here's the other reason why the bigger reason why I'm like, oh, I don't think this is going to happen. OK, so those schools that they're going after are private institutions like tech schools, like ITT Tech and some of these different schools like that, okay? They aren't your big name schools. Like they aren't your universities that most of you on this, that that listen to this podcast and watch this video are used to, to seeing. Like, it's not like USC, University of Michigan, UNLV. It's not those schools that they're going after that are saying you defrauded your students, okay? Now, the reason why I, I'm bringing this up is because if he did say, hey, look, we're going to apply this blanket across to everybody and forgive all these loans um, up to $10,000 a loan using this same law that we did with these private schools that defrauded their students, we're going to do the same thing. That means he's basically calling out every university in the country saying, 
you defrauded your students. Now, academics and universities, it's no, like, I'm not dropping any, you know, major thing on this. They primarily support Democrats and Joe Biden, okay? They're some of his biggest supporters. Did you think that they're going to want to have to sit there and be like, oh, yeah, we have to admit that we've been, quote unquote, screwing our, our students and lying to them. And yes, we committed fraud. But, hey, it's great because now there's loans forgiven. Now, fundamentally, they might not get care because it's like, great, we already collected all this money from the government. The government just forgave it. Yay, students love us. But what it would do potentially is really tarnish their image because it's like you having to admit you're defrauding students and undergrad enrollment is already down this year significantly okay because of the cost of education to begin with all right so i don't see again i don't see president biden coming out and saying yeah we're gonna we're gonna forgive student loans using this new way it just you know one because i don't think it means anything but the supreme court just ruled on on the other stuff but also like i said you're basically saying that that the universities committed fraud at that point, and you're basically blaming them. I just don't think the universities would get behind it. I don't think the administration would want to do that. That is why everything that they're passing is only targeted towards private schools, not towards your traditional universities that you and I think of. Okay, so that is the second part on student loans. And the last part before we get into the, the big mortgage stuff is that, um, again on loan forgiveness, I just want to throw this statistic out there because. You know, somebody was asking me the other day, well, how do we def how do we stop default? What's one of the big problems that you see? And if we're just looking at like within the box of the current system that we work in, here's a stat that all the people don't know. And I'll, I'll leave the student loan topic today based on the stat. OK. Less than one in 10 people that have a bachelor's degree default on a student loan. So that's less than 10 percent. And for graduate studies, it's far less than that. It's less than like two or three percent. OK. So less than one in 10 who have a graduate degree, okay? Which in reality, that number should even be even lower just because of income driven payment plans, but one in 10 is not too bad, okay? However, here's the problem. Only six in 10 undergraduate students complete their degree within six years of starting school. Let me rephrase, I'm gonna restate that. Only six in 10 people that start their undergrad finish. That means 40% of people that are starting school that take out student loans don't finish their degree. That's one of the big problems is, and I don't have the answer to this because, I mean, that's like a whole podcast and video by itself uh, just to describe the problem there of why people don't finish and what we could do there. But just think about that, right? Like, so when you hear about all these default statistics, most of it is coming from people that never finished the degree. Okay, so I'm just gonna leave that out there for you guys to to think about. Sometimes I just like throwing out like random stats out there that you guys can use however you want to. Going on to the next topic, mortgages. This is a lot of big news out there. We're in April buying season. A lot of you listening to this, you're like the prime real estate bar, like buyer. I'm going to go through some stuff right now, going all the way back, like some of the new stuff they're rolling out, the good and bad with it, but also, you know, how this, 
it's like history just repeats itself. How this, you know, gives me shades of 2008 all over again. I'm explaining further. First and foremost, the FHA. If you don't know what the FHA is, is for first-time home buyers loans. Is who they basically govern that FHA loan. It's three and a half percent down payment on loans. They're 30-year traditional loans and all that type of stuff. Basically, they came out with that loan so that way people it would be easier for them to buy houses. What was one of the big repercussions of them coming out with an FHA three and a half percent first-time home buyers loan? Well, it pushed housing prices up because now people could buy some more demand, same supply, housing prices go up. Why are our houses are unaffordable? Well, that's one reason why. Okay. Not arguing for or against it, but the news that they came out with, instead of a 30-year mortgage, they just approved a 40-year mortgage. Basically, and you'll see this general trend in what we're talking about, they're basically saying homes are not affordable. We need to do anything. They're desperate to make homes affordable. Why? Primarily because it's it's government stuff, right? So FHA is part of a government agency. Government and politicians put a lot of uh, stress on home buying because it is one of the ways that people build wealth in this country. And so it makes people feel like they're generating wealth and that they have wealth and that they're happy. They don't think anything's going wrong with the economy. And as long as that's the case, then politicians win because they can stand on that and say, look what we're doing for everybody. Okay, so that's just like a cycle of, of how I look at this stuff. But the reason why, again, this is good in my opinion, and the bad, I'll give you both, is good because stuff is unaffordable, including rent. Like rent's not affordable either, right? So if you're going to be renting or buying a house and the 40 years, basically the same monthly payment as rent, why would you not use the 40 year and at least own it? Like that, that's always my opinion. So that's a good thing from, from an individual wealth standpoint. Why is it bad? First of all, 40-year mortgage is a really long time. So if you're using a 40-year mortgage, I'm basically saying you probably can't afford it, but what's your option? Okay, again, we see a lot of this stuff because of some of our new AI technology that tells you how much home you can afford. So I've been seeing a lot of this lately. Like people don't realize how little they can actually afford based on their circumstances. But then it's like, well, maybe you should still buy though because your rent's so damn high. All right, so there's that, that push and pull. Why is... Why is this bad? It's for one of the reasons I already stated. In the long run, it's just going to make housing even less affordable because eventually the markets are going to adjust. Again, you're putting out more, you're increasing demand, making a house more affordable today. The repercussion is in the long run, you're not going to be able to afford it. Now, why do some of these things keep happening? I'm going to put that on the back burner until I keep going through some of these other things with you today because. You're going to understand more about that in a minute. Like, why do these things keep happening? Okay. Again, it has to do with politics and government and all that type of stuff. But before we get there, here's a reality on mortgage. Okay. CNBC just did a poll. 71% of would-be home buyers, basically between the ages, I can't remember the exact age. I think it was between the ages of, of 22 and 40, said that they will not accept. We just won't accept a mortgage below 5 and a half percent and that's that's what we do like they're like you know like on a like they're uh they're out there saying hey look like we're gonna boycott home buying unless we can get interest rates below five and a half percent or here's another statistic like i said i like throwing out their statistics since 1971 the average mortgage rate is 7.75 percent so we are still way below the average of what it normally is 
It's just that people that are between the ages of 20 and 35, 40, are not used to those rates. Why is it so important? Why is this bringing this up? I'm not sitting there saying, because I get emails all the time from people like or comments about like, oh, you're picking on young people, blah, blah, blah. It's like I fit in that age demographic. So I'm right there with you. So I'm picking on myself, right? No, right? So why am I bringing this up? First of all, your expect expectation. You can't just start, you know, we think, especially the younger generation, that if we just yell loud enough, it's going to happen. It's like, no, no, no. Like the people making these decisions are a lot older. So they're used to that 7.75%. They're looking at it like, what's the problem? Okay. But this is a critical point. This is even more critical than anything else that, that we've talked about in terms of mortgages today. Okay. Back in, you have to understand why we got here. Back in like 2008, Actually, back in like two, in the early 2000s, they tried to stimulate the housing market, tried to stimulate the, just the markets in general. So they dropped interest rates really, really low. And that's one of the major factors that led to the 2008 housing crisis. And I said back then, this is an opportunity. Because even back in 2008, housing prices were way too high. I said, this is an opportunity to just flush the system. Yes, that some people will be in default. And some people that are older will lose their wealth because the home prices went down. But it will make it a more healthy market. So that way you don't have to do all these gimmick things like 40-year mortgage payments or the next gimmick that I'm going to talk about what Fannie Mae is now allowing real estate agents to do. You don't have to come up with these gimmicks anymore because it will be more affordable. But I said back in 2008 that they're not going to do that. Why? especially in 2008. That was an election year. They're not, the government's not going to do that. Okay. And what they do? Well, they dropped the interest rates at 0% basically for 12 years, 14 years, something like that. And guess what happened? Guess where we're at? We're in the, one of the most unaffordable markets in the history of the United States right now. It's completely unaffordable to buy a house. Okay. Well, a lot of that's because of these low interest rates. And again, if interest rates drop again, and to what you know, the survey respondents said that they would never accept anything below five and a half percent. Well, guess what? Housing might it might become affordable again if it drops back down to like three percent, but in the long run, it's still going to be unaffordable because it's going to blow up even more. Okay, so the the Fed is having to sit there and really say, well, are we trying to create a healthy, sustainable economy? Or are we just trying to go through these massive peaks and these massive crashes over and over again? Because that's what's going to end up happening if they drop the rates all over again. Okay. Again, I'm just giving you guys some of this information because I just saw some of these articles over the last week, week and a half. And so it's like, I know a lot of you or most of you, actually almost all of you are going to be in that age demographic too. So it's like, this is what your expectation should be. Let's set those right expectations, but be careful for what you wish for. Okay. Because inflation and all that stuff can get really, really screwed because of all this stuff okay now a couple other things um that came out also to me this is a desperation move again housing is unaffordable so fannie mae which is another government agency that or government sponsored enterprise what they call it basically it's part of the government that gives out mortgages similar to the fha stuff that we talked about earlier okay they will now allow real estate agents to use part of their commission for down payments for clients. So like your real estate agent can use part of the commission that they were gonna get to satisfy the down payment requirements for your loan. 
And, you know, I'm on the fence on this one. I, I like this because, you know, it's something I can have fun with. I can th create, think of a lot of creative ways to buy houses with this. So because of that, it opens up that creativity, more ways of financing houses, all that type of stuff. Okay. But it's also kind of bad because it's going to open up a whole new world of abuse. Like we saw this similarly with the mortgage crisis where it was like, oh, well, you don't have any assets in the bank. Where's your down payment coming from? And like a mortgage broker would, you know, put their name on the account. So that way they had shown like they had deposits or they could put their name on like a family member's account. And that's how people got mortgages prior to 2008. You could do that to manipulate it. This can create a, create a whole new world of abuse like that. Um, so I don't like it because of that. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And to me, again, if somebody can't afford the down payment on a house, maybe it's because they can't afford it. And I get that it's hard right now. I get that inflation's all out there. Like, trust me, I got a bunch of empathy about that. But maybe that should be a red flag to you. Like, why are we doing all these things like 40-year gimmick mortgages and, you know, using real estate agents' money for down payments for houses? Like, these are, in my opinion, like I said, are gimmicks because stuff is so unaffordable, okay? I mean, they're so unaffordable right now. This is from Business Insider. Uh, for the first time ever, housing was so unaffordable that banks lost money on each mortgage they financed in 2022. First time in history. That's how unaffordable mortgages are right now, okay? It, it's so ridiculous what, what's going on out there right now. The reason why I bring this up, is because, in my opinion, I, I stick to the same thing that I said back in 2008. They should just let the market correct itself. Just let it flush out. Yes, some people will get hit hurt in the short run, but in the long run, society in general would be better off because things would be more affordable. In fact, interest rates right now are around like 6.15% for a mortgage. If the average is upwards of around 7.75%, maybe we get, you know try to get that upwards of around 7 or 8% for a mortgage and slow it down even more. I Trust me, I get it. There's going to be a mortgage like drop. And in fact, there's going to be bigger economic problems than, in my opinion, the mortgages, which I touch on. I'm going to drop that in the next podcast uh, that we're going to be releasing. But the reason why, again, in like 2008, yeah, you had a political campaign and everything like that. But here's something that people don't know. The NRA, and I'm not talking about the National Rifle Association, I'm talking about the National Realtors Association, is one of the biggest lobbying groups in Washington, D.C. Do you think they want the housing market to go through a crisis or a downturn? No. They want their real estate agents getting paid. So that is where all these things start coming in, 40-year mortgages. Uh, real estate agents using part of their commission. They need to close loans, close loans, because it's just money churning over in their pockets. So when I said earlier, I don't, you know, think that they're like the Fed is going to keep rates it up if the economy starts to tank. That's part of the reason why, because again, there's a lot of lobbying going on, and I think that as the unaffordability creeps up even more, you're going to start seeing more of these things like the forty-year mortgage the real estate agents using their commission because of the lobbying power that these organizations have in Washington, D.C. And I think you're going to get a run-up to another 08 type of crisis, not soon, like maybe like 5 to 15 years down the road. Or if it's not a crisis, it's going to be like what we're in right now where housing is just stupid unaffordable. All right, so that's 
that's the mortgage section. I want to go quickly through because I don't, you know, I'm make sure I don't want to take up all your days, uh, day with this update. Going to stocks, this is a little bit older news. The ISM uh, manufacturing index, that's what measures basically uh, manufacturing activities across the country. And those of you that have never heard of it, anything below 50 indicates a contraction or a recession like is, is coming or it's here. Okay, um, basically, <laughs> it's been down three months in a row below 50. It's one of the first times that that's ever happened, third consecutive month in a row. Um, I mean, it, it didn't even do that when COVID hit. I mean, the manufacturing stuff didn't drop like this. So not a good situation. Three months in a row, the ISM numbers come in below 50, which signifies a recession on top of that. The Federal Reserve has come out basically and said that they're anticipating, you know, a slight recession um, later on in the second half of this year. Translation to me on that is that the recession is going to be high. So when it comes to stocks, it's the same type of stuff as always. You know, if you're trying to time it, it's going to be hard. You know, dollar cost average, keep going with your 401ks and your Roth IRAs, dollar cost averaging into them. If you're looking for like housing and whatnot. You know, those are other podcasts that we have. Like I said, I just want to give an update this week on the mortgages. Uh, but be careful out there because uh, it's this this year is shaping up to be, you know, really up and down. So uh, as always, though, like I've been saying since probably, you know, midway through last year, you know, cash right now, cash is good. Plus, you can have four, three and a half, four and a half percent returns by just putting money in the bank right now. Um, yeah, it's not keeping up with inflation, but. It could get a little choppy here coming up over the next uh, eight months for the rest of this year. So, you know, keep your head up and keep listening up for the updates. That is what we have for today. Like I said, make sure to subscribe. If you're not a FitBucks member already, sign up, get some financial help with our new financial planning technology. We'll see you guys in the next episode. See you later.